Welcome to the State of Nonprofits and MSS podcast. I'm your host, MSS Executive Director, Autumn Vest. If you have any involvement in West Texas nonprofits, you are familiar with today's guest and you will know his voice. I am super pleased to welcome Mark Palmer, CEO of the Abel Hanger Foundation to the podcast. In this episode, Mark and I are visiting about an important initiative that the foundation recently co-hosted, the Permian Area Funders Network. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Autumn. Super excited to have you here. You are like the founder, the leader of all the things that MSS is now. (laughs) It's fun to have you on the podcast. When I think about the fact that this is almost the 10th anniversary of uh, MSS, it's it makes me think about why we started this conversation to begin with. One of my colleagues at the time brought the idea to me and it was um, so interesting. And then in the midst of the booming economy in Midland, we were seeing nonprofits displaced and trying to find new homes and dealing with extremely high rental rates and uh, saw the need and responded. And that's what Nonprofits do. You know, it was very much in the spirit of nonprofit work. And uh, you guys have just taken it to a level that I couldn't have imagined. I'm so, so pleased. But that's not why we're here today. No, but that it speaks to why we're here today, which mm-hmm. is to figure out about all these initiatives that you're doing. But before we dig into all of those great things, I do want to take a moment. What we do here as we partner with the Recording Library of West Texas is we do audio descriptions of ourselves mm-hmm. to help our visually impaired listeners be able to picture where the voices are coming from. So I will start for those of you who are new to the podcast. I'm a five foot two brunette with pixie haircut. I have brown eyes, green glasses. And today I am wearing a black and white, very kind of 60s retro dress with polka dots. So I'm I'm having a flashback moment. What about you, Mark? (laughs) I'm a little bit over six feet tall. I have what used to be brown hair is primarily gray. What is left of it? I'm Fairly tan because I swim virtually every day, brown eyes, uh, and just celebrated my 60th birthday. And I'm I'm wearing, I'm pretty casual today, Autumn. I like it. It's good. (laughs) I think we had one a couple weeks ago. We were in jeans, you know, celebrating spring break. Yeah. Recently, you guys at the Abel Hanger Foundation, you partnered up with some other area funders Mm -hmm. and you co-hosted the Permian Area Funders Network convening in Midland. Can you tell us a bit about that event and how it came together? Every year... Our staff attends a gathering uh, of the Philanthropy Roundtable. They meet in different places around the country. And during one of the cocktail receptions, Helga Hoban, who is our grants manager, said, we have uh, Sandra Borges over here, and I want you to meet her. Sandra is the executive director of the PY Foundation. So I went over and spoke with Sandra, and we had a nice conversation. And I said, you know... Several years ago, it was part of our strategic plan to gather regional funders uh, to increase dialogue locally about the needs that we have because we all share a very common environment here, the the oil and gas industry, and we have the same issues. And I said, I... I'd love to resurrect that idea. Would you have any interest? And Sandra said, absolutely. We would love to do that. Late 2022, I gave her a call and I said, I'm, you know, I think we need to put some borders around this. And so we tried to make it primarily a Permian 
area thing. We've stretched the boundary a little bit down to San Angelo, up to Lubbock, Howard County, over to um, the three southwestern southeastern counties of uh, New Mexico. So they're, it's, it's roughly the PSP footprint plus a little bit. And we began planning in January and surveyed the, non, uh, the uh, foundations and asked what would be of interest to them and, and developed programming. And then we just uh, had our event last week. Uh, it was a great gathering. We ended up having about 85 uh, folks who attended the event had a great turnout from all over the region, not just urban areas, but also rurally. So I think we were well represented in terms of interest in funding this whole Permian area. Sure. And it wasn't just foundation. It was for-profit and corporate funders as well. Yeah, you're right. Um, of course, the the five who underwrote and, and really did all the planning were uh, the PSP, the Permian Strategic Partnership, the CH Foundation, um, the PY Foundation out of New Mexico, the San Angelo Area Foundation, and uh, Abel Hanger Foundation. And then we also included all of of the PSP member agencies. Um, and I think we had probably half to a little more than half of those individual agencies or businesses, I should say. <laughs> it's hard to turn that language off, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, who participated, who attended, and, and PSP did a wonderful job for us bringing in a lot of the expertise uh, from their industry to, to address issues for us. Why is this so important to the Abel Hanger Foundation that you guys included this in your strategic plan to bring these area funders together? Why are you all taking that leadership role? You know, one of the things that we hope nonprofit organizations will do is is collaborate because there is benefit in sharing expertise, in recognizing that somebody has already done something that you perhaps have not done yet, or they've done it differently than you have. And occasionally, foundations do something better than than we do at Abel Hanger. I'm, I'm laughing, you know, as I, as I say <laughs> that. Yes, of course that happens. Um, and so learning from each other is something that uh, we want to continue to do. I, th- I think the major benefit of this gathering really had to do with the fact that we are in this very unique business of the oil living within the oil and gas industry Mm -hmm. and having such intense workforce issues. As Dr. Ray Perryman said when he presented to us that day, we have an incredible workforce issue. And if we don't do something about that, if we don't make sure uh, that we have the educated workforce that we need, the well-trained workforce that we need, the, the bodies (laughs) to train, uh, then we're going to be in trouble. Well, and I think that, you know, I know you guys partnered and you worked with the Permian Strategic Partnership and and their corporate partners came into the mix as well. Why is it so important to engage that piece of the conversation with those those corporate funders and those corporate pieces? It's just another piece of, of philanthropy. You know, uh, traditional philanthropy is is foundations and individual donors. And um, when you look at that pie that so many of you are, are familiar with uh, who, are, who are in the nonprofit world is um, you see there all of those sources and, and 
foundations on a national level are, I think, are something like 11% of all charitable gifts. Corporate giving, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Well, I've been in the nonprofit arena here for 25 years, and there was a time when we just didn't see a lot of corporate participation. Well, that's bygone era. Yeah. We now see a lot of corporate participation. It's unusual not to see an organization that doesn't have corporate support. So we we just needed to make sure that we were including them in those conversations and, and we needed their input as well. And I think you, you say, you know, it's unusual to not see their engagement now as a corporate piece. I also would say it's transitioned so, it's grown so exponentially. It's gone from, you know, event sponsorships to now we're seeing PSP. And the mm-hmm. initiatives that they're putting into play with with real goals around creating change and impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a recently co-funded a project with five different entities. Four of those entities were foundations. And then we had a corporate partner. And it was the first time that on a... Um, um, a little bit more of an intimate scale, um, you know, not a a major capital project, but still something that was very needful within the community. We came together, heard the need presented, and everyone decided that they wanted to to jump in. So again, collaboration with funding, but it it also helps to spread that awareness of the issue. Uh, This happened to be a mental health um, initiative, and it uh, I think it for all of us it raised awareness of the severity of of our need here. Local, I think it's probably a a U.S. issue, if not a world issue, but we have to address a lot of mental health care needs of, of the folks who are in our communities. It's exciting to see the work that you all are doing. And I think you kind of touched on that's a need, a specific need that you all address, but the conference included sessions that had access to quality education, broadband, mental health initiatives, nonprofit capacity building sustainability, health care, and livability in the Permian Basin. Why did these topics rise to the top for you guys? Uh, Well, the quick answer to that is that we did a survey asking them what they might be interested in. And we we threw all of those ideas out and more. And then we asked for their level of interest and, and they voted. I think the very highest level need uh, of interest was education. And then after that was capacity building for nonprofits, which was a bit of a surprise to me. But they all reflected the needs of the people who were attending, uh, or the interests, rather, of the people who were attending the session. We pulled together some great speakers. Each of the foundations had responsibility for putting together one of the panels. Well, I, I had the honor of being on one of the panels. We got to talk about sustainability and capacity building for nonprofits. What we were tasked with as panelists in that particular panel was to talk about the models that we have so that those funders that were in the room with us could maybe find ways to build on what we're doing and outside of our areas or access our services or or something along those ways to be able to make them aware of the work that we're doing here in Midland. What does that mean for our our region, bringing these funders together and exposing them to ideas like that? You know, there is a range of ways that foundations respond to need in the community. Some are positioned only to receive 
grant requests. Others are very proactive in the community. And so we wanted to make sure that we provided the opportunity for those who are open to new ways of doing business, new ways of expressing philanthropy in the community, to hear about MSS, to hear about the Nonprofit Management Center and and all of those ideas that were shared so that that could be added to their repertoire of of ways they they help meet need. I think at Abel Hanger, we're very cognizant of the fact that if our nonprofit organizations are not healthy and strong and have the resources that they need to do the work that they do, we are holding them back. They are not able to really unleash the power of their mission if they don't have all the tools that they need. So uh, that is an area of importance in funding for us to know that you all have the resources that you need to do your work well. I was able to pop in and and sit in the livability conversation, which I found really interesting. And I didn't get to stay for the entire session, but the conversations around the public-private partnership pieces and the way those partnerships have impacted with the CTE Center in Hobbs and the Aquatic Center in Artesia, those are huge projects that are making community impact. And in hearing those relationships and how those things are working in those communities could be huge for, for other areas as well. Absolutely. And I want to just take a moment Mm -hmm. to add, while we don't see this in Midland or much of it in this region, there is a lot of criticism of philanthropy. I was so impressed, as you were, obviously, with the work of the PY Foundation, because the projects that you just mentioned are some great work that they're doing in Artesia. And it is a credit to the generosity of one family who is creating all of these quality of life options for a community of about 13, 14,000 people. What a gift. Yeah. And it is because of a generous heart. Mm-hmm. We are so blessed in, in Midland and in this region. Um, tremendous philanthropic assets here. Folks who are focused on boards and staff who are very focused on uh, meeting need, addressing need, uh, and then creating a quality of life because we know for that workforce we were talking about earlier, um, we have to have that. They have the opportunity to go anywhere they want to, to work. And most of the metropolitan areas now have uh, great amenities and we've got to address that as well. And I think I have diverged completely from your question, Autumn. What That's okay. I, I think it was great, you know. Okay. And I think it comes back to what's so important in, our, in, in the things that rose to the top. As you all put this conference together, you know, we hear it all the time. And it's, it's things that we as nonprofits address internally, even as we are trying to recruit and retain staff and recruit and retain volunteers. It's keeping them engaged with our mission, but not just our mission, but our community. To your point, anyone, anywhere can move. And at these days, half the people who work in their town don't even live in their town anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and just keeping them engaged in the community and having them choose to live in Midland or Artesia or wherever that, you know, we are doing our work. That livability conversation is really interesting. And so I appreciated hearing what is happening in some of these other communities and having that brought here to Midland so that we're learning from that, but then being able to share what we're doing in Midland with those communities as well. 
And here we sit in the recording library studio. Um, what a unique service. Mm-hmm. I, I would bet that there are few recording libraries around the country. I don't know. I'm looking for a response from our host over here. But, you know, we have the West Texas Aphasia Center, mm-hmm. which also there are so few around the country. We have a world-class community theater. We have so many things because of the generosity of, of Midlanders. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very blessed here. And a lot can be attributed to philanthropy, but the whole point of the gathering that we had was really to make sure that our philanthropy is is focused on addressing need, mm-hmm. making sure not only that unmet needs are addressed, but that we continue to be cognizant of the fact that we have a lot of needs that are being met. Are we balancing that as well? And I think that's, I think that's something that that philanthropy thinks of frequently. You know, is is our portfolio not only helping to address emerging need, but is it helping to address those ongoing efforts that make quality of life here better? So what are some of the outcomes that you might expect come from this conference and and this convening that you hosted? I expect that people will have a broader network of uh, colleagues uh, for whom they can pick up the phone and say, that was an interesting project that you shared at the gathering. We're looking at something that's similar. Can we come over and look at what you guys have done? I hope that all of those connections are are beginning to happen. And I know that some of them are. Mm -hmm. I think that's the greatest benefit. I think raising awareness of the severity of some of the issues that were talked about. The data that came out of the Perryman study and the American Institute of Research study on literacy in our area was was staggering. It's just almost incomprehensible to me that our literacy rate is as poor as it is in West Texas. It is um, mind-boggling that our community, so many of our community members struggle with literacy, but from from that struggle, from that low literacy rate comes a host of other issues that sort of stem from that as well. And so the work that our foundations and our community of nonprofits are are doing to try to address those things, we hope Mm -hmm. there's, there's light now. So will this happen again in the future? You know, I think it will. I can't answer conclusively. We have a survey out to all of the attendees. Well, <laughs> we're we're waiting to hear back from everyone. And I suspect that uh, they'll say, yeah, this is something we need to do. We gave an option of uh, doing it every year, uh, every other year, or just letting people say, hey, I'm not interested. The feedback we got at the actual event, though, indicated that there is interest in doing this every year. Well, I do think just from my own experience, uh, MSS is a member of the Nonprofit Centers Network, and it's fantastic to get together in Colorado and Denver where they are, you know, where they're located at their offices and get together with all the the NCN members from Canada and the Midwest and all the places. But at the end of the day, it's nice to collect with those that are in our region, which there are not yep. many shared spaces, but to get together with those that are in a very Texas-like mm-hmm. community makes a difference in having those, those local connections. Yeah, we've experienced the same thing and actually talked about the same issue. We go to, as I said, the Flint 
Philanthropy Roundtable. And we hear all these great ideas and what people are doing around the country and uh, really applaud them. And I've, I've made some connections with folks around the country who are doing great work that we want to, you know, emulate, um, steal ideas from. And But the difference is that all of the folks that we met with the other day are right here working in the same context that we're working in. And so they they know, they know the challenges. That's it's built into the way they design a project or, or manage a program. So yeah, that was that was I think the real qualitative difference of gathering. I'm excited to see it happen. I'm excited to see the fruits of that come about in the future and and what will what will be inspired through all of those conversations and relationships that you all created at that convening collaboration y'all for real it works the promise thank you so much for your time mark any last thoughts anything we missed i don't think so i appreciate the opportunity to come and share it was a it was a fun project and uh you know just the planning itself uh, deepened relationships with four other funders uh, and and really gave me the opportunity to understand all of those topics better because I had to dig into them. So if you have the inclination to pull people together and in a collaboration, just know it's uh, it's such a benefit to you. And it's a benefit at all levels and all areas of work. So mm-hmm. thanks for your time, Mark. I appreciate you being here. Thanks again to the Recording Library of West Texas for your ongoing partnership and production of this podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and tune in for the next episode.